And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Couldn't get the words out there for a second. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely welcome back to another episode to kick off our our sports week here. Um, before we get started, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as our uh, Facebook page. Uh, like and share that. Um, our YouTube channel, subscribe to that. And if you want to follow my personal uh, Twitter account it's Jimbo ST Sports, and we are actually on uh, Sportscaster now as well. If you want to follow us there, it's uh, ST Sports. Still trying to figure out when we're gonna do videos. It may not be a set schedule. It may just be, you know, when something just pops up, like uh, you know, last week after the Eagles game, the whole Nelson Aguilar thing. Um, so I'm not too sure. Maybe I might have one after the Flyers game tonight. I, you know, so we'll just head over there, follow us there, and uh, be a good ch- good chance to interact with some of the the fans. So a um, lot lot of talk about today. Uh, we had the the Pittsburgh brawl last Thursday with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph and Pouncey from the Steelers, and breaking news about Garrett today and we'll touch on that um but to kick off the show i want to talk a little bit about an incident that happened with the nhl last saturday and i mean i understand the rule but sometimes i I think the refs have to use a little bit common sense and so what happened was last saturday at the colorado avalanche and vancouver canucks game forward matt calvert was hit in the head with the puck. Um, from what I remember from the video, he was basically trying to block the, the shot. Got nailed right in the head. Um, not his team, the other team uh, regained possession of the puck. So by rule, the play goes on until his team recovers the puck uh, and that's the the avalanche and he laid on the ice actually for I mean it felt like 30 seconds to a minute but really it was only about five six seconds and you could see the avalanche players screaming at the refs you know their their, their teammates hurt and finally the other team scored the Canucks scored which obviously stopped the play by the time the trainers got out there and everything, I mean, the blood was running down the, the player's face and they escorted him off the field, or off the ice. Um, now, like I said, I mean, to me, I understand the rule. You know, the rule is it cannot be stopped until possession is um, gained by that team of the injured player unless the refs deem necessary. And for the refs not to see blood coming out of a a player's head, 
that's that's hard to believe. You know, I, I know in sports now, especially with basketball, a lot of the refs and the umpires and the officials are are afraid of embellishment. But for a player like you know, you got three, four refs on the ice. You're telling me not one of those refs saw this player bleeding. I just I, I can't believe that. And the NHL came out and said that there's no plans right now to amend the rule because of the situation. Now, some of the quotes uh, from the players that I have here is um, one of them is Nathan McKinnon from the Avs. And he said, a guy laying there bleeding out the side of his head. I can only imagine if that if that was LeBron James and his head was bleeding and the other team was allowed to take a three-pointer to tie the game. Obviously, a lot of the Avs uh, guys were upset over this. And me, I, I think they're, they're right to. Um, another quote. Now, this one's from the NHL director of officiating, Stephen Walcom, said, what we direct officials to do is when there's a serious injury and any of them sees it, we want them to kill the play, especially when it's a head, in, head or face injury. When a player is seriously injured on the ice, we don't want a lot of time going by before the, uh, the play is killed. It seemed like an attorney in that game, even though it was probably five or six seconds. The puck was moving around. The player attempted to get up. Of course, we would have liked to blow the, the play dead earlier, especially when it resulted in an injury. Now, again, I understand officials are worried about players embellishing. But even in that statement right there, it states that the player even tried to get up a couple times. So if he is embellishing or trying to, you know, get the, the play killed, wouldn't he just stay down on the ice? Why wouldn't a ref just think, wait a second, maybe there is something wrong. This guy is trying to get back into the play because we're not blowing this dead. How do you, how do we fix this? You know, like I was actually thinking about we, we as sports um, leagues have, you know, doctors up in the, the stands to whistle down if they think a player may be concussed. You know, NFL has it. I know hockey has it. I mean, I'm sure baseball and, and basketball and you know, other sports have it. Do we need to have a, a, a doctor up in the stands to say, hey, wait a second, guys, I see a little bit of blood, you know, buzz down. Maybe that's one route they should go. Because if all these leagues are trying to get these head injuries under control, you can't let a, a guy bleeding from his head lay out there for four or five seconds. In those four or five seconds... He could be dead just because he didn't get that medical attention in time. Now, I'm not sure what his status was. 
the next day. You know, I'm sure he had to get stitches. I'm sure he's out for, you know, a few days after after this happened. But then again, hockey players are one of the toughest son of a bitches out there. I mean, I forget the player's name, but happened a few years back, took a heart attack, went to the hospital and asked the doctor, am I going to be able to make it for the third period? You don't see basketball players or um, uh, football players do that anymore. So I, I definitely do think I definitely do think this rule needs to be looked at. I think maybe it needs to be a little bit more lenient on the um, favoring the embellish embellishment you know side. Maybe, like I said, maybe we put a, a doctor even, you know, in the the benches. And all his job is to make sure no one is getting concussed, no one's legit hurt, and the play is going on. Now, Tuesday, we had the college football rankings released. And nothing really much changed. LSU is still number one. Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia are two, three, and four. With Alabama still at number five. And I'll get to that whole situation with Alabama. But I was surprised Alabama did stay at number five. I thought for sure this week they would have moved up to four. I mean, they they defeated Mississippi State 38-7. I watched a little bit of that game, and I mean, it, it was, a, I mean, just look at the score. It's a dominant performance. Um, LSU played Old Miss. They won 58-37. Ohio State played Rutgers 56-21, and then Clemson played Wake Forest and won 52-3. Now, this coming week... We have LSU playing Arkansas, Ohio State playing Penn State, Clemson is off, Georgia is playing Texas A&M, Alabama is playing Western Carolina, and then Oregon at number six is playing Arizona State. I don't foresee any major, major changes. I mean, you would think, you would think... Um, LSU should handle Arkansas. The one game that I think could be technically an upset is Penn State over Ohio State. I mean, right now, Penn State's sitting at number eight. If they beat Ohio State, you have to think that's got to push them close to five or six. And if Ohio State loses, I think their chance at a playoff is done. I think that will drop them down to six out of the the playoffs. Now, Georgia, to me, could be also upset by Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a good team, and Georgia tends to choke during these big games. 
or I should say when they have some pressure on them that they're in the playoffs, we got to keep this up so we can make the championships, you know, blah, blah, blah. And all it takes is one little slip up, especially with Texas A&M coming in. If they lose, that may just put Penn State back up in the, the playoffs. I would really like to see Oregon make the playoffs. I, I think the four teams that I would like to see in the playoffs, I, I think the it would be entertaining to watch, would be LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, and again, as much as I shit on them, Alabama, because I just want to watch one of those three teams beat Alabama. I, I think out of those three teams, I think LSU could do it again, and I think Ohio State could do it. Both teams are playing very well right now. So, you know, like I was just talking about Sportscaster, maybe after the, the rankings are released or even next Wednesday, I'll do a video of my, uh, my opinions about what happened, maybe recap the, the past, uh, past week's games. And for our Notre Dame fans out there, didn't move up. We're still at 16. We got Boston College this week. Which, next to the USC match, I always look forward to the Boston College game. Because it's just, again, it's always a good game. No matter how bad one team is compared to the other. And that's a, a 2.30 game. So I'll definitely be watching that. I'll be... Following the Ohio State game and, like I said, Georgia. They're two big games um, I think are going to have the biggest impact on the playoff rankings depending on if Georgia pulls out the win as well as Ohio State. Now, speaking of Alabama, when I was talking a little bit about, about them, the whole... NFL thing this uh, this season was hashtag tank for Tua. He was looking like he was going to be the number one overall draft pick, uh, Heisman winner in the, in the beginning of the season, and had a very serious, serious injury this past Saturday, dislocating his hip, and... He fractured his posterior wall. I don't know if that's like your ass or something, but I mean, it's right near your, your hip, obviously. And be, when it first came out that he hurt his hip, he was actually being compared to Bo Jackson's injury, which obviously we all know Bo Jackson, once he had that, never played sports again. He never recovered from that. First off, why was he even playing? At that point, Alabama was winning 35-7. to And what Nick Saban said was they just wanted to get two minutes of practice with them and he wasn't going to come out in the third quarter. You have a Heisman hopeful who's been leading your team all year all year long 
and now he's done for the year because you want to practice him. That's what you do during the week, not during a game that you're winning 35-7. to This injury right here really opens the door up for any team to, to beat Alabama now. Makes them a lot more vulnerable than what they were. And you know, last week, some of the Alabama fans were asking for Nick Saban to be fired because of them losing to LSU. And I defended him. Think about how many championships, you know, he, he's won for you guys and this and that. This was just a dumb move. I mean, what what were you gaining from this move? It's not like he's a freshman quarterback or a sophomore quarterback. He was a top 10 pick, maybe the top pick in next year's NFL draft. And all you wanted to do was just practice him? You know what? Now I think you should be fired. Maybe you're you're finally starting to lose your your way in you know your 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 how to coach the right way. I mean, this used to be one of the smartest coaches. I don't think five years ago you would do this, make this mistake of playing a Heisman hopeful. This was just a dumb, dumb move, and you may have just cost yourself a national title for this year. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk some NFL news. Colin Kaepernick's back in the news again. Talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh brawl that happened last Thursday, as well as some Philadelphia Eagles news. So we will be right back after this break. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your good friend Jibbo from Stay Tuned Sports. Are you looking to get into writing or putting out podcasts to give your hot takes or your opinion about certain subjects of the major sports or even e-gaming? Well, head over to bellyupsports.com and send the guys a message to get some information about how you could join our family. I've been part of the Bailey Up Sports family since February, and I'll tell you what. It's a, a bunch of great guys and gals help each other all out and don't judge each other about what we put out there. So if you're interested, head over to bellyupsports.com, send a message to the guys. We're looking for writers, editors, even podcasters. So again, that is bellyupsports.com. Head over there, message them, and even read some of our articles. And welcome back to Stay Tuned Sports. So before I left uh, for that quick break there, I talked a little bit about the, that we would talk a little bit about the Steelers brawl that happened last Thursday night. And what a a mess this was. Um, Just so many things to say about it. First off, the Browns defeated the Steelers. And the brawl happened with just a few seconds left in the game. 
It wasn't like the Browns were just going to win by a point or two. They had them by a couple scores. So the Steelers were basically going to just try to do like a hook and ladder or a Hail Mary, just a, just something to hope for a, a score. And Miles Garrett came around. I think he drove, drove Mason Rudolph into the ground. Mason Rudolph did not like it. And after you watch the video, you could see that Mason Rudolph is trying to take and rip Miles Garrett's helmet off. They get up. Pushing and shoving, still going on. There's two offensive linemen there for the Steelers. Miles Garrett uh, reaches over and rips off Mason Rudolph's helmet. Rudolph tries to get back into Miles Garrett's face. And Miles Garrett swings Rudolph's helmet and hits him in the head. Needless to say, well, before I say what happened, uh, Maurice Pouncey came flying over, took Garrett down to the ground, threw some punches, threw a kick. I think he, I'm pretty sure he kicked him in the helmet. Um, and just, just an ugly, ugly scene. There's there's no need for it in, in the NFL. You know, a couple years ago, we saw Finnegan from the Titans fight with, I believe it was uh, Andre Johnson um, of the Texans. Richie Incognito, when he was playing with, I believe, the Dolphins, got into a scuffle like this. So, needless to say, Miles Garrett was suspended indefinitely without pay for the rest of the season, including playoffs, if they make the playoffs. Maurice Pouncey was suspended for three games. Both the Steelers and the Browns team's organization were fined $250,000. No suspension for Mason Rudolph. Or fine. The Miles Garrett suspension, I think, was right. I think it's rightfully so handed down. And also, he has to sit down with Roger Goodell when he decides to be reinstated. Now, right before he came on to record, it came across that Miles Garrett had his appeal process, or his appeal yesterday, and accused Mason Rudolph a couple weeks ago of using a racial slur. Hoping, I guess, that his suspension would be reduced. That hasn't happened. His appeal has been upheld, so he's he's suspended the rest of this year and playoffs if they make it, which I don't think they're gonna make it anyways. Without pay, I didn't uh, I, I didn't see if Pouncey is going to appeal his, but Mason Rudolph has already gone up to his teammates saying that he never said that. He's stated that even Miles Garrett's team when asked about it didn't even know about it that it was never brought up first off Maurice Pouncey obviously yes you know punching kicking shouldn't be in the league but hats off to you your unwritten rule is you're supposed to protect your quarterback and 
Miles Garrett's lucky that Mason Rudolph isn't filing charges against him. A NFL helmet weighs roughly about six pounds. A brick weighs roughly about five pounds. And all these people that are saying, oh, well, um, Mason Rudolph kicked Miles Garrett in the between the legs. First off, if you look at it to me, I've seen a lot worse kicks between the legs. To me, it looked more like Mason Rudolph was trying to sit up by pushing him off and his leg was there already. If Miles Garrett wanted to file charges because of that, to me, that's simple assault. Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph with a weapon. You probably could call it a deadly weapon if you wanted to. I mean, any type of object that hits your head could kill you with enough force. And these guys bench pressing 300 pounds, 400 pounds, swinging a six pound weight. You don't think that's going to do damage? Now, I mean, I've seen a lot of people, some people say Miles Garrett should be kicked out of the league for good. I don't agree with that. I know all this year he's been really toeing the line a little bit with his uh, his actions. A lot of roughing the passer penalties. Had a couple scuffles. Nothing to this point. But I think a, a one-year suspension or rest of this league uh, year suspension may and at least hopefully wakes him up a little bit. Letting him know you cannot do that on the field. And he's a talented, talented player. His numbers are down a little this year. But just like we always talk about Bryce Harper, you're not going to have MVP years every year. Look at Tom Brady. He was an MVP quarterback this past game against the Eagles. But he is considered one of the greatest of all time. Now, also this past Saturday, now I talked a little bit about last week about Colin Kaepernick. NFL set up a workout for him. And at the time of the recording last week, it was known that roughly, I believe it was 11 teams when we recorded it. By Saturday, it was up to 24, 25 teams committed to come to the tryout and watch Colin Kaepernick. About a half hour before the time that he was supposed to be there, he informed the NFL that he would not be showing up and having his own workout at a different location. As the day went on, you know, Kaepernick held his his tryout and went from 24, 25 teams down to eight teams. And half those teams that didn't show up came out and said that because of the logistics, it was tough for them to change their plans to come to watch Kaepernick. Some of the reasons that came out 
of why the the venue was changed was over a disagreement on the liability waiver and media availability. Kaepernick wanted to bring his own um, video crew and the waiver, they didn't like how it said this is not a basically saying he's going to get hired. NFL said this is the standard waiver that we hand out at the NFL Combines or any of the other workouts. Well, I mean, why would the NFL give Kaepernick a waiver saying, hey, you're going to get signed by one of these teams? Because they don't know. I mean, what happens if before he even stepped on the field, Kaepernick came out and was just garbage? I mean, some of the videos, yes. He has the deep ball. He has all that stuff. But there's no one in front of him. There's no real football going on. And it was all scripted uh, throws. To me, this is just another example of Kaepernick just trying to get his name in the news to stay relevant. Oh, I've been training for three years. Tell the NFL and the GMs, don't be scared. Well, how about you sign the waiver saying this is not a tryout to say you are definitely getting hired. If you really believe in your ability, then you should have all the confidence in the world that one of these teams will hire you. Stop making this about you and 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 your reasonings behind you know being with Nike and stuff. I, I still think this was a, a Nike um, PR stunt just to get his name back out there because he I mean let's be honest he started faded away a little bit really didn't hear that much after him and the NFL come into the agreement over the collusion uh, case so I mean me personally I'm hoping this is the last time we hear of Colin Kaepernick if you guys want to hear a funny clip uh between Stephen A. Smith and T.O., if you haven't heard already, Stephen A. put Colin Kaepernick on blast. Feels that he doesn't even want to play football. That this, again, like me, feels like it was a PR stunt. Look up Stephen A. Smith and T.O. Man, they they go at each other, and it's kind of kind of messed up in a way how they, they go at each other. But this weekend, my Philadelphia Eagles are back playing against Seattle and last week was brutal to watch them playing the Patriots the really messed up part about the game is the high point of our game was our defense our, our defensive backs actually played really well minus the drops they probably had a good four or five interceptions and maybe two of them they could have took to the house But that's why they play defense. They're not receivers. Even though they probably catch more balls than our receivers because that's all our receivers do is drop. I still see 
a lot of fans saying it was Carson Wentz's fault that um, that we lost that game. Let's start with right here. Okay, yes, I will agree. He hit. He did have some balls overthrown, but that ball he threw to Nelson Aguilar in the back of the end zone. You can't get much better than that. It hits your hands. You got to catch it. Sorry, Nelson. Got to catch that ball. Our offensive line, when Lane Johnson was uh, had to leave, I think he got a concussion. Right after he left, Carson Wentz was sacked five times the rest of the game. No quarterback is going to have a successful game getting sacked five times. I mean, they... They pulled off a 95-plus yard drive when he was in there and just looked unstoppable. Like, I, I actually was like, wow, okay, we, we might actually pull this off. Tom Brady didn't look good. Like I said, he he had a, a few uh, few balls dropped by our defensive backs that, that could have got picked off. And in reality, they only won because of a trick play. Tom Brady passed it to Edelman. And Edelman threw it deep to, I believe it was Philip Dorsett. For the touchdown. I mean, we only lost 17-10. to 10. And like I said, because of that trick play. We held up the Patriots to, I believe, what was it, like nine points or something in the first half? The Patriots. You know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick held to nine points. And that was them getting into the red zone. Not, you know, 52, 60-yard field goals. That was red zone where Tom Brady and, and Belichick and Josh McDermott are top notch. Another aspect of, of the game that I've been saying for two weeks now, we are not going to win if we pass 35, 40 times a game. I don't care who you are. Maybe once in a while you'll get lucky, but not consistently. You had 40 passes to 21 rushes. Okay, yes, I know, Jordan Howard was out. And I was actually expecting Miles Sanders to have a huge game. And he only had 11 rushes. Boston Scott, he needs to go. On our punt return, you're standing on the five and you take the ball. Why are you taking the ball? You let it go in to the end zone. At best, my Philadelphia Eagles... Are 500. I don't even want to see us in the playoffs because I I think it'll be too brutal to watch. The only way we turn this thing around is if our receivers get their head out of their ass, start catching the balls. Doug Peterson or Mike Rowe, who is at whoever's calling the plays, make this more 50-50 run and pass. And hopefully, our defense and our defensive backs play just how they played last weekend. 
Now, like I said, this week we have Seattle. Another tough game. Everybody keeps saying, well, after this game, we got the second easiest schedule. Well, here's the thing. Whoever wins the NFC East is the only team coming out of the NFC East to go to the playoffs. There's not going to be two teams coming out of here. And if we lose to Seattle and Dallas wins again, we're two games behind. With, what, four, four to go? And one of them is against Dallas, who holds the tiebreaker against us. It's going to be ungodly, godly tough to, to pull ourselves out of that hole if we lose this weekend. we got to figure out a way. And the thing is, with us playing Seattle, I believe at Seattle, we always have a tough time against West Coast teams. No, okay, we're actually playing at home. So that we have that going for us. But Seattle's tough, and Russell Wilson's playing like an MVP. It's going to be tough to pull it out, but the team's got to figure it out and, and pull it out somehow. Do I expect to win? I'll be honest, no. I, I don't expect to win any games until I see this, this, this receiving core play better, Carson step a little bit better. I know some of his deep throws are off. That's him having probably having no faith in his receiver catching the balls. His mental clock in his head saying, hey, I only got like two seconds to get rid of this ball before this line collapses on me. I don't expect a win. And it's sad because I feel bad for Carson. I think Carson is talented. But this offseason, we have to upgrade our receivers and get younger on the offensive line. So that's going to be it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with our, with our MMA epi- uh, episode, you know, talk to UFC, recap a little bit about BKFC from last weekend. So before I go, head over to Twitter, follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Like and share our our Facebook page. Head over to Sportscaster. Follow us there at ST Sports, as well as our YouTube channel. uh, If you guys could subscribe to that. And whether you guys listen to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, click that follow button or the subscribe button, whichever it says. That way, when an episode gets dropped, I'll make downloads for you guys so you can catch us every week. I've been talking to shoulders. We're trying to get figure out scheduling a little bit better so we could get me and him on the same uh, recording. There are other things in the works as well, so hopefully those will be coming out soon. But until then, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.